Amen. Hello and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. This podcast is made possible by our generous supporters, so if you'd like to partner with us in sharing the good news around the world, please visit amenpodcast.com slash donate or click the link in the bio. I'm Lokalani, your host, and today my husband, Alex, will be preaching about God's plan. Um, We'll be in Mark 15, verses 24 through 33. So God's plan is often different than the world's spirituality says. God's plan is not just blessings and prosperity. It is deeper, darker, simpler, more mysterious, more beautiful, and far greater than simple blessings. God's plan for you reveals who you are and who you will be. It reveals what has been predicted about you long before the creation of the universe. So let's explore God's plan. Okay, I'll be reading... Verse 24, then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted, abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, then save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. Hi, everyone in the chat. No, this is not pre-recorded. Hi, Haley. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. Oh, you're muted. I was muted the whole time. Sorry. This is how you know it's live and not a pre-recording. Hello, (laughs) Jelly Funds and Mr. Butterlove and Taylor Dood and DK Williams. Haley Rudd. Hello, everyone in the chat. Uh, Yeah. Someone goes, the mic is low. No, the mic was muted. I didn't <laughs> unmute it. I'm so sorry. Anyway, thank you for reading that, babe. Um, God's plan. What is it? How do we know it? This is something that we want God to just reveal to us very simply. And it'd be life would be a lot easier if we knew what his plan was. But life would be a lot easier if we knew how his plan worked. And a lot of times his work, his, his, his plan works through suffering. Mm. And that could be hard to hear. But... Mm-hmm. What suffering does to us is amazing if we go through it. And it's it's actually, you know, how does Paul sit in prison and, like, be joyful about it? Through mm. his suffering, he was realizing his burden that he was carrying is light because it was Christ's burden. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, um, and I'll give you rest, for my burden is light. You know? And so I want to I help us see that today through what's happening to Jesus on the cross. What's happening is he's getting nailed up on the cross. This is the crucifixion. Verse 24, the soldiers nailed him to the cross and they divided his clothes and threw dice and decided who would get a piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced a charge against him, king of the Jews. What's happening? This was all planned. Psalms 22, verse 17 through 18. As Jesus is seeing them divide their clothes. This is something that soldiers would do. 
they would execute people, and then the ones who were executed, executed, they would take their clothes off, leave them up on the cross naked, and they would divide their garments and, you know, keep the clothes. Sometimes it was nice clothes, sometimes not, but the point is they would keep the clothes. They would steal the clothes from the person that they were killing. And, you know, sometimes God's suffering means what's stolen from you is the glory in your life. Mm. So the glory of Jesus was often seen in his clothes. Remember the young lady or the older lady who comes and touches Jesus's garment and she's healed, right? Remember the time where Peter, James, and John are on the mountain and they see Jesus's clothes shine brighter than the strongest bleach on earth, Mark says. Matthew says it was like lightning was coming out of his clothes. It was shining. Jesus was shining. And so his his uh, clothes are a picture of his glory. And what's cool is he says that he clothes us in his righteousness. Wow. The glory of Christ and the righteousness is given to us through the cross. We, you know, he was clothed, stripped of his clothes so that he could give us his clothes, his clothes of righteousness. And, and so when God sees us, he sees us shining with the glory of Christ. And so it's a picture of his glory. Well, taking up your cross and, and completing God's plan means sometimes that glory that you may feel like you deserve is going to be stripped from you. Mm. There's not going to be an attaboy all the time. There's not going to be a pat on the back. There's not going to be a good job. Sometimes it's just you alone carrying your cross. That's what Jesus went through, and we're called to share in that with him at times. Wow. This is all planned, too. This is how we know it's God's plan, because Psalms 22, which is written hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, it says in verse 17 and 18, I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat, which we'll get to. This is what's going to be revealed later on in the verses that we read. But verse 18, it says, They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Is this not exactly to AT what's happening to Christ? It's because this prophecy in Psalms 22 was about him. Jesus is seeing them do this, and he's thinking, this is all happening according to plan. But it's so embarrassing. They're stealing his clothes. He's up there naked. They're making fun of him. They're, they're throwing dice, playing games to take away his clothes. How embarrassing, but it's all part of God's plan. Why? Why is God's plan this way? Why does God's plan involve suffering? I'm glad you asked. We're going to keep going. <laughs> Verse 25. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. Suffering starts early in the Christian's life. It's mm. 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm. As soon as you become a Christian, here comes the suffering. Through mm. the suffering, you're going to be made to be like Christ. It's a part of the Christian life. Verse 26, a sign announced the charge against him, and it read, King of the Jews. God's plan for you involves suffering. Sometimes that suffering means you being labeled exactly what God labels you. Jesus was the King of the Jews, yet the offense that they were crucifying and arresting him for was that he claimed to be the King of the Jews. How ironic is it? Right? But that's exactly who he is. He is the from the line of David, the second greatest king to ever live, Jesus being the first. Mm-hmm. He was the promised Messiah through the royal lineage of David, of the chosen race of Israel, to be the salvation for not only the Jews, but the Gentiles too. That's the mystery of the gospel that's revealed to Paul, and Paul proclaims to the world that me and you, Gentiles, who people who aren't Jewish, shout out to you if you're Jewish, We're all made the same in Christ. Jew, Gentile, Greek, man, woman, we're equal at the cross. They killed him for being the king of the Jews. You are going to be labeled what God labels you. When people make fun of me, you know what they say? Oh, he's just the preacher guy. Well, that's what I am. 
That's what God's called me to do. You may be called to be a mom. You may be called to be a parent. You some missionary, something. Mm. I don't know what it is, but God has called you to do something. And people are going to make fun of you for being just that. That's a part of the suffering. Crazy. It's funny. It's ironic. Uh, verse 27, two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. When part of God's suffering, part of God's plan in, involves suffering, which means the people around you are going to be labeled a part of your company, and those people might not be, those people are going to have nothing to do with what you're doing. But they're going to label you amongst them because they don't care about who you are. They don't care about your plan. And that's what's happening with Christ. Mm. Because Christ, we're called to identify with him. What he was called to do, they didn't care about. They didn't know about. They didn't understand. They thought he was just a nobody criminal, someone that's just like a some loser that's getting crucified. And so they put two criminals next to him because he's like, these are your buddies, right? You guys are getting crucified all together. Two birds, one stone. And they're going to think that, you, oh, you're just like every other mom. You're just like every other Christian. You're just like every other student. Or those, those Christians, they're just like the Muslims. They're just like that religion. They're just like the Mormons. They're just like this and that. They're going to put you up against other people who have nothing to do with what you're about, but it's because they don't understand who you truly are and what God has placed you up there for, up on the cross that you've been asked to carry. Mm. They didn't know why Christ was up there, and they didn't really care. And so they were like, whatever, you're just like one of these like, guys, right? They didn't see what's really happening. This is all part of God's plan. That this was, this, him being crucified next to criminals was prophesied as well. To a T. Wow. Verse 29, the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. This is what Psalms, again, Psalms 22, verse 17 says. They're gloating at Jesus. They say, ha, look at you now. They yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. People are going to mock you for being a Christian. Hmm. What's funny is, as Jesus is hearing the mocking, he's also hearing the scripture that was prophesied about him. Them mocking him hurts, but reminds him of his predicted purpose in God's plan. When you get mistreated, the Bible tells us, blessed are the persecuted, for theirs are the kingdom of heaven. When you get persecuted, remember this happened to the Lord. And remember, this happens to those who belong to the kingdom of heaven. Mm. The worst thing would be if you're not getting persecuted. Mm. If your life is all hunky-dory and everyone speaks greatly of you, Proverbs tells us, then that's not all good. Because if everyone speaks awesome of you, then maybe you're not on the narrow path to salvation. Maybe mm. you're on the wide road having mm. a party with all those who headed towards destruction. Many are called, few are chosen. If Christ was mocked, then you're going to be mocked too. If you're not being mocked, it's time to look at your faith because Christianity is offensive. If you are a Christian long enough, you will offend someone mm. and you'll confuse someone because the world doesn't line up with the things that God thinks is valuable. Uh, well, verse 30, well, then save yourself and come down from the cross. Verse 31, the leading priest, the teachers of religious law, also mocked Jesus. He saved others. They scoffed. He can't save himself. Psalms 1 tells us to not like hang out with scoffers, not seat in the sit, sit in the seat of scoffers. Jesus wasn't doing that. He was hanging while the scoffers sat 
in their seats and scoffed at him. But he didn't make company with people like this. Things, people who scoffed at the things of God, he didn't hang out with those type of people. Sinners who wanted to know more about God, who thought they were not good enough for God, that's who he was hanging out with on, uh, when he was on earth. And that's who he calls us to hang out with, to, make friend, to be a friend of sinners like Christ was. They're making fun of him, and they're mocking him. These are people in church. So you mean a part of God's plan for a Christian is sometimes they're going to suffer uh, alienation and scoffing from those who are religious, those within their own church? Wow. You betcha. It went through. That's what Christ went through. That's what you're going to go through. Mm. Now, the big question is why? Verse 32, it says, Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe it. They thought maybe, okay, if you do what we say, if you get down from the cross, then we'll believe. Jesus doesn't fall for that. He knows they're not going to believe if I do that. But what a temptation that would have been, right? To maybe say, okay, God, your plan's okay, but, you know, what if I just not obey God the Father right now and get down? They say they're going to believe if I get down, and this is kind of painful anyway, the wrath of God, the spiritual and the physical pain of the cross. Why don't I just get down and show them right now? This is what Satan tempts Jesus with in Matthew chapter 4. Turn these stones into bread. You know, just give in. Or jump off this high place and, you know, the angels will catch you and everyone's going to think that you are the Son of God. Let's prove it that way. No, 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 no. Jesus says, I'm going to prove who I am through obedience to God and submitting myself to the will of God, even if that means the wrath of God on the behalf of man. Even the men who crucified, who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. So a part of God's plan means suffering. That suffering sometimes means the people who you, the people who you think for sure will give you sympathy will not give you sympathy. Mm. The people closest to you going through your suffering too, who you think the suffering is going to come, you know, the sympathy is going to come from them, they're not going to give it to you. Why? Why all this? Well, Romans tells us a little bit. It says, uh, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in his glory, guess what we're also going to share in? His suffering. Verse mm -hmm. 17 of Romans 8. Romans 18 says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we will suffer, or, I'm sorry, yet what we suffer now is nothing to be compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Mm. The, the suffering you're going through can't be compared to the glory that's coming later. Verse 19, for all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Creation, the pandas. The North Pole, Antarctica, I don't know, bats. They're all waiting to see who God's children are for it to be revealed. That's coming for you. But the suffering's so bad. God sees it and he promises glory that's going to be revealed to you mm -hmm. in all of creation. Mm -hmm. Look at verse 12. This is how we're going to be able to go through our suffering. We know the suffering makes us like Christ. That's why he's allowed us to go. If we're going to be called his children and we're going to share in Christ's glory, we also must share in his suffering because it's through the suffering that God gets glory and we taste that glory and we are a part of that glory. God got glory through Jesus' suffering. 
and we are his kids, we must go through it too. Verse 12, uh, or chapter 12 of Hebrews, verse 2. We do that. Oh, let's read the whole thing. Verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that is so easily tripping us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates the, and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides, beside God's throne right now. That's where he is. Think of all the hostility he endured from the sinful people, the soldiers that were crucifying him, and the mockers, and the religious people who were hating on him, and the criminals crucified next to him. And then you won't become weary and give up. Because you'll see that what you're going through a picture and a small sliver of what Christ did for you. Verse 4, after all, you have not given up your lives in your struggle against sin. What Christ went through was way worse. Mm -hmm. Verse 5, and you have, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves mm -hmm. and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and you are not really his children at all. If something happens at the park and these my kids are going crazy with other kids and I take my kids aside and I give them a talk or some type of discipline, right? If I don't do that to the other kids, that doesn't mean I don't love those other kids. It means just those kids Aren't are not my kids. Mm -hmm. These kids are. God uses suffering to discipline you. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're his and he loves you. Well, if he disciplines us, he doesn't love you. Said no one ever. Because you can betcha that your parents aren't loving you well if they don't discipline you. And some parents don't discipline them, their kids at all. And I would argue they don't love their kids. Because Proverbs, Psalms, and all throughout the Old Testament, and the example that Christ gives us is because God is love, because his love is perfect, he disciplines us. Because if I were to just let my kids just do whatever, they would end up ruining their lives. Kids who don't get disciplined, who don't get loved properly, which is a, is a balance of discipline and grace and mercy, mm. they end up destroying their lives. But we see kids, I mean, we, don't, we don't have many examples of it all, but I have examples of it in my life and in my friends' lives of parents who discipline their kids and love their kids. And you know what? They turn out to be great friends, amazing friends, because of that discipline. You know, the world hates the fact that Christians discipline their kids, or at least they're, they're taught to. And they want to come against it, you know. And how that discipline looks, that's time for another sermon. That's not, I mean, most of you guys aren't even parents yet who listen to this <laughs> podcast. A lot of you guys are young. But the point is, through discipline, God is showing us he loves. The Bible says he chastised the ones he loves. Mm. If, he didn't, if he didn't discipline, that would mean he doesn't care. Mm. He gives us suffering to make us more like Christ, to make us more mature. And the purpose of it is what he just told us here to make us more like him and to reveal his love. And there's a glory that's coming. Mm. 
through that. So I just wanted to encourage you in the strength that Hebrew says is we look to Christ. We look to his suffering. And that gives us the power to go through it. And it has a purpose behind it. I mean, maybe I can leave with an example. Um, when we, when I felt like the Lord was telling me to leave uh, the youth group that I was working at and continue to do videos um, and to make, you know, Christian content, we uh, were broke because I was I quit the job. I had no work. You know, no one no one was going to pay me to make Christian videos, um, <laughs> and so. We had to leave Hawaii, and that's where I was a youth pastor. That's where my wife's family's from. And so we went back to California. We had to live with my parents um, with three kids, and just it was hard because I'm a man. I don't want to live with my parents, you know, and I have a wife and a family, and we want privacy, and we want to be able to, you know, live together as a in a home. And um, the Bible tells us to leave your parents and cleave to your wife and all this stuff, but we had nowhere to go. And so my parents were gracious enough to take us in. But it was a time of suffering because it it wasn't what we wanted our life to look like. It wasn't what, you know, sharing a home with your parents you grew up with, it's not ideal. And it was a, it was a, though it was sweet at times, it was a time of suffering. And we were trying, I was trying to see like, God, why am I going through this? Why can't like, you know, my, my videos just blow up and we just be able to get our own place? And why, you know, why is it like this right now? And God did so much in my heart, in my heart through that discipline, through the suffering. He was changing me to be more a better father. I learned how to be a better father. I learned how to be a better husband during that time, um, and it made me closer to God mm-hmm. through that. And so, one thing I wish I would have done during that time, instead of get angry and get frustrated and like try to take things into my own hands and make videos that turned out to be really poorly put together videos because I was trying to force my way out of the situation. What I wish I would have done is I wish I would have looked to the cross. Mm-hmm. That would have given me the strength, the strength to live with wisdom. So that's my encouragement to you today. Father, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to share this message, Lord. And we pray that it would encourage someone in whatever they are going through right now. Um, but let them, be reminded that though suffering is a part of your plan, it ends in glory. Um, Jesus uh, was looking to the scriptures. He was looking to the resurrection and um, the glory that was going to be revealed through him afterwards, Lord. And so help us to endure and to be a good picture of your son through it all. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is the part of the episode called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to apply this message to your life. And so what does living out God's plan look like for you? Um, I'll, for me, I think I just love what you said, that it's a part of God's plan that we go through suffering. I think it's easy to look at suffering as like something God just helps us get through, but not like something that he plans for us. And similarly to what you shared, um, I think uh, even before that season, uh, I feel like, you know, we're kind of in a season of suffering, which is like part of why we left the job, you know. And I remember like being in a Bible study before that season and like there was a question like or there was a statement like you're if you're not going through suffering now, like 
or no, sorry. I'm like all over the place. It was more like uh, this study will help you go through suffering if you're currently going or it's going to prepare you to go through suffering because every Christian is going to go through suffering. And I remember thinking like, okay, like we haven't like had a season of suffering yet, you know, really. There was moments, but, and I was like, I really feel like God's going to prepare, is preparing me for that. And I think, yeah, like that study definitely helped prepare me for it. But I think if I would have looked at it in that light, like this is part of God's plan and I need to look to Jesus because he went through it way, way worse. And it's because of me that he went through it. Um, I think I would have been able to like handle that suffering way better, you know, and not take so many of the, just like the mocking or like the persecutions that you kind of described, like instead of taking it to heart and just like really letting it callous me, like instead letting just, you know, letting it bounce off. Because like if I was looking to Jesus at all times, I think there was moments that I would. But if I was like continually eyes focused on him, I think it wouldn't have weighed so heavy on me because I know 100% that his suffering is way worse than anything we'll ever go through. It's so good. He did that for us, and that's just amazing. Like, mm-hmm. there's literally nothing better in life than yep. knowing that and then getting to meet him one day, <laughs> you know, face to face. And so we really hope that this encourages you. Today we learned that God's plan looks different for everyone, but it always involves suffering and always has the same objective. And so ultimately, it's to increase your joy by making you more like Christ. I love that Philippians says it's like a gift. Suffering's a gift. Um, So maybe look at suffering that way, you know? Well, Jesus is coming soon, and it's our prayer that this message will help you follow God's plan more, hopefully and courageously. So until next time, go out and be the church. Amen.